Welcome into the Hustle Show podcast. Chris Thurston, Adam Trigger, Kelly Stewart. I am Drew Martin. We are brought to you by Viva Tequila Seltzer. VivaTequilaSeltzer.com. Use the promo code HUSTLE20 at checkout. It takes 20% off your order. And WagerTalk.com, best free live odds in the industry. WagerTalk.com, live odds tab. Guys, when we're talking about sides, totals, that's where we're looking at the numbers. So uh, we're breaking down the games here. Sweet 16 style, March Madness. We got big game breakdown. We got best bets. We're going to open it up to any questions. Come join us on the Wager Talk YouTube channel. Let us know what you're betting. Any questions, fire away. If you're uh, listening on podcast form, thanks for tuning in as well. And feel free to comment below in the reply section. Going to try something new this week. Go fast, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, a little bit faster, right to the games, right off the top. AKA, we got big we game breakdown here. Up, Chris Thurston. Not talk as long. Haven't said anything yet Fire on the away. show. Oh, okay. That's okay. Okay, maybe me too. Hey, Drew. Yep. I've bet two games so far for the Sweet 16, and uh, I'm going to give them both out on the show here. And I'm going to kick things off here with the first game of the Sweet 16. And uh, it's the one that Kelly and, and Queen are, are going to go to. It's Michigan State versus Kansas State. And, uh, Drew, the number three Kansas State Wildcats uh, were disrespected as three-point dogs this past Sunday uh, versus the number six Kentucky uh, Kentucky Wildcats in Sunday's round of 32. But point guard uh, Marquise Noel, I mean, he led the way along with the K-State defense, uh, number 19 defense in efficiency by Ken Palm here. Some books opened up Ken State or K-State uh, as the favorite here, okay? Or a pick'em, but the early money we've seen that it's gotten pushed up. Michigan State uh, as the favorite. Kelly uh, pointed out a uh, pretty cool stat to me yesterday on Twitter, and that's since 2005, the four teams in the Sweet 16 or later who opened as favorites and closed as doggies, rough, rough, are three and one straight up, and that's what uh, we have here with the Kansas State Wildcats. First game of the Sweet 16, Drew, I think Keontae Johnson is going to be a key factor in this game. Uh, he made a key three in the last couple of minutes, but he really, really wasn't his normal self that he's been all year. He only had 13 points. He was five for 14 from the floor, uh, one for four from deep. And that one shot that he made was a big one. Um, he's going to be a lot better here. And, and he could take this game over here. Sparty does shoot the, well, uh, the three well. And they shoot it at a, a nice clip, 39.5%. They didn't shoot it well uh, last game. That doesn't scare me. K-State can defend well, and they will defend well, and they could defend the three well here. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I want to point out that Kentucky got every single call. Sheway played out of his mind and was an absolute beast, and K-State still won this game. They, they wanted Kentucky to win this game. It couldn't have been more freaking obvious, okay? Noel and Sills are better guards than Walker and Hogard. This is Big 12 hoop. I don't care what anybody says. I get that Tom Izzo, he gets his team to peak in March. Uh, I still have the Wildcats, the better team overall, and I'll take any points I could get in this one. I played K-State plus two and fully expect them to be playing on Saturday in the lead eight. Great breakdown. Chris Thurston at CT Vet 16 kicking us off. Somebody I know will have an eye on that game, possibly even going at Kelly in Vegas on Twitter. Check her out, Barstool Sportsbook, wagertalk.com. Kelly, what are you thinking about that game? Possibly even going. Drew Martin Betts, I've had this flight booked for a month. This oh, flight wow. booked for a fucking month. Oh, wow. First and foremost. <laughs> Actually, in fact, when Steve said, hey, we want to do a Viva event for March Madness, I said, 
Sign me up. You know how much I love New York City. Couldn't wait to go. <laughs> Drew, come on. I know you're you're very uh, not in the group chat. That being said, uh, it's okay. So I agree with everything that Chris just said. I did take K-State plus two. I took them uh, plus 105 in the first half instead of uh, the plus one. Here's my concern. I gave out uh, last Friday, I gave out kind of like a quick synopsis on Twitter, like two, three paragraphs of why I was concerned about the matchup versus Kentucky. And I was pretty spot on. As uh, Chris said, Tashibwe just crush us on the boards. But you know what? K-State learned how to do in that game. Get those second chance points and fight for those rebounds because that was how they were going to win the game. Outside of only going four from 20 from three-point land. Thank you, uh, Keontae, for hitting one of those and Marquise for hitting two. That being said, Desi Sills, since he's been inserted into this lineup in the five-man roster, K-State has lost one game with him. Uh, he is really the X factor. I tweeted about him. I'm like, listen, Desi, I appreciate you fighting for that ball, hitting the hardwood literally with your head. But I need you not to get hurt. It wasn't four plays later. He was limping around, and I was screaming at the television, asking him to just, you know, we, we need you. And uh, that is a fact. We do need him. And I'll be really honest with you. This is a, a tough spot for the Wildcats in two areas. One, if Michigan State gets hot from three. That is going to be a uh, an asterisk, right? We've seen him do it from time to time. We saw him do it against Iowa, Michigan, uh, Indiana. That being said, the other spot is K-State not turning the ball over. And I say this every single time I talk about K-State. And the reason why? Because when they turn the ball over more than 19 times, they lose the game. But when they turn the ball over less than 15 times, they win the game. So as you saw, we only had eight turnovers against Kentucky. I was really happy to see the Wildcats really come to form in that game. Uh, that being said, this one is really kind of one of those feelings where I feel too good about it. I felt terrible about the Kentucky game. Chris called me and goes, I can't believe you're not betting K-State. I love K-State today. And I'm like, oh, God. This, it, like, it gave me that like uneasy feeling. From the second it tipped off, you guys saw all of my, my Twitter posts. I was losing my mind. And I got banished from the upstairs sportsbook downstairs before it, was even, it had even really started. And I was frustrated. And K-State came out. They won that game. I, I give them all the credit in the world. But I feel way, way, way too good about this one. It concerns me. Uh, but I do think K-State will beat Michigan State on the boards. I do think that they're going to run a faster pace. Now, I know Michigan's got a really solid D. Uh, but I'm going to steal one more tidbit. I know Chris just gave the one uh, a little bit smaller sample size. This one is a little bit bigger, not by much. Uh, but from our good friend Mark Lawrence. So, bottom line is we love higher-seeded dogs like K-State. Higher-seeded dogs in the round of 16 are 11-6 and six against the spread since 1990. 8-2 and two straight up when taking two or fewer points. You know what to do. I love Mark Lawrence for this one. Uh, and we, frankly, when a, we bucked the trend, Chris Felica was talking about K-State catching points against Kentucky and how it was a fade spot. Everybody ran to bat Kentucky hand over fist. I talked to John Murray this morning. He said right now ticket count is 5-1 to one on K-State. But he said, don't worry, Kel. The kids all bet tomorrow morning before tip-off. I have a feeling we're going to see those a lot more even numbered uh, over the next 24 hours. So fingers crossed. I'm going to be really jacked tomorrow at MSG. And uh, regardless of the outcome, I'm going to try to be a good sport. Ariel laughed her ass off when I told her that this morning on FaceTime. She said, yeah, right. You're going to be a monster. I said, if K-State wins this game, I am going to be a fucking monster <laughs> in New York City. And I cannot wait. <laughs>
Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, kicking us off, the Sweet 16, tipping us off anyway. So we got uh, Adam Trigger here. Two great uh, uh, analysis, pick analysis here, Trig. Uh, tough follow at TopFlightSI, wagertalk.com. Trig, what do we got, man? I'll go to a different game. I'll talk to UConn since I'm wearing this great jacket right now. And I think they have a really good chance to win this tournament. Can I, can I interject? Uh, this jacket was the first L that Trig took today. If you guys have ever watched Bet On It, I'm in a nice sweater or jacket. Joe Ranieri wears a nice jacket. Ralph Michaels wears hey, a button listen, down. Marco wears That's a just what coat. they wear. Joe Ranieri, Joe Ranieri wakes up in a suit jacket on a professional the starter. Show. It's not a starter, as you I can see. That well logo be. right there. It looks like something um, I wore in 1994. No, this is something <laughs> I got at the XL Center this year when I was watching UConn in person for the first time. Watched them in person for the second time on Sunday as they dismantled St. Mary's in the second half of that game in Albany, New York. And uh, listen, up close and personal, UConn looks as good as any team in the country. I really strongly believe that they are. And I don't think the numbers really fully like show just how good this team is. When you when you look at them on paper quickly, field goal percentage, 68. Three-point shooting, uh, 69th in the country. I mean, this team can hit jumpers. They're an elite shooting team, in my opinion. Maybe not so much in the numbers, but I do think that the shooting has come around uh, maybe since January when they were losing Big East games. I think the biggest thing for UConn has been Sonogo really showing up in this tournament. Chris and I kind of joked about this earlier this year. Like Sometimes sometimes he just did, it was a no-show for UConn. I mean, they lost to Seton Hall. They lost a the game to St. John's. You know, you look at his stat sheet, there's, there's outputs in there where he scores like eight points, which is insane really when you consider just how good and dominant of a force he is so far in the NCAA tournament 28 points 24 points completely took over in the second half of you know just really the whole game against St. Mary's they couldn't do you know they like to, to be very patient on offense cut and and UConn just would not let them get near the rim and that is why I think Arkansas is going to struggle here because UConn's not going to let them get near the rim Donovan Klingon, he only plays like 10 to 15 minutes a game, seven foot, two, uh, seven foot two center for UConn. But the point is, if UConn wants to, they can go really big and they can force Arkansas into some jump shots. And that is not what Arkansas does well. 324th nationally in three-point shooting. This is not a team that shoots it particularly well. They turn the ball over. And I go back to Saturday afternoon. CT Betts and I at the Turning Stone Sportsbook were watching this game. Arkansas is behind in the game. And how did they get back into that game? Offensive rebounds, hustle plays, just, just making a play, getting to the rim, and then the timely shot. Those things are just not, like, they're, they're probably not going to happen against UConn. UConn's one of the best rebounding teams in the country. There's no way that they're going to win on the offensive glass against UConn like they did against Kansas. That's just not going to happen. So, Unless you get Arkansas, uh, unless they shoot out of their minds, which is, you know, I mean, maybe it happens. Who knows? Um, I just don't see how they, they beat UConn here. And, and you'd also probably need UConn to have an off-shooting night. I, I The other thing, I'll throw one more thing out there before I kick this game back to you guys. Um, Marquette tried to press UConn at the game I was at. So I went to the Marquette-UConn game at the XL Center earlier this year. And it took UConn like three trips down the floor. They broke that press in two seconds. And Shaka had to call a timeout and basically like, okay, we can't press them anymore because they handle the ball well and they have guards that can handle the ball well and they can pass and beat the press. Terrible matchup for Arkansas. UConn's a better team. 
This number is actually short, in my opinion. I love UConn to win, and they will most likely cover as well. Yeah, good breakdown, Drake. I mean, I, I guess just to follow up for like handicapping discussion here, you know, one argument towards Arkansas, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I could see some like razor pat, razor uh, backs backers saying this. Um, and you've seen UConn in in person, I believe. I've seen Arkansas too. I mean, we have. I, I yeah, okay. yeah. Kelly here's and I my, went to an Arkansas here's game. Here's my question, Trig. Arkansas really capitalizes off turnovers. UConn. From what I've seen enough, and we saw it in the first half versus St. Mary's, really hard defensive uh, like type first half. I had St. Mary's. I felt great about it. And, yes, UConn ran away with it in the second half. I agree. UConn is the better team here. But you're right. And like we saw against Missouri, if they start shooting lights out, it gets ugly quick. If Yeah. I was going to say, that's, that's Arkansas. Like, they're going to have to just pull a, a – uncharacteristic shooting performance out of there you know where here to win this game in my opinion because UConn hasn't had the turnover issues since earlier in the season like they're not just frequently turning the ball over anymore that was something that plagued them like if you look at their full season numbers the turnovers look like they're an issue in my opinion they're really not like they've got guys that can handle the ball on that team I just don't see like Arkansas's pressure being like a huge deal but and this has been the case for a lot of these tournament games. If it, it, it's the Sweet 16, the stakes are high. If Arca- like These are still Arkansas players that are good at basketball, right? Like If they come out and they're making shots, uh, let's let, use an example. Like they were against Texas A&M in the first half in the SEC tournament, UConn does get nervous a little bit. And they we, we've seen them like maybe choke a game away. This hasn't happened in a while. But it's happened. It's just earlier in the year. I guess that would be where but my own – that's my concern, I guess. But it's – I'd still think yeah, UConn's I, the right side. I agree with you, Trey. I think UConn will find a way to, to win this game. I, I think for the Razorbacks to have a, a good shot, right, they have a pair of uh, two probably lottery picks, lottery picks with Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. And everybody thought Nick Smith Jr. was going to be the better of the two. That, that really hasn't been the case. It's been Anthony Black. And – Smith Jr. really hasn't had a breakout game in the offense, which has been streaky uh, very often, has been carried by uh, Council and Davis. I think for the Razorbacks to be in this game, they're going to need to get offense from all three, Council, Davis, and Smith Jr. So uh, Hurley's team has the advantage in shooting and post play. The Razorbacks are going to have to be nearly perfect on offense and defense to uh, to win this game. I, I don't think it's outrageous to think that they they can't do that, but I think UConn finds a way to to grind this game out, and I won't be shocked if they win and cover this game. And I'm staying completely far away from it. Yeah, I think it's a great game overall, Kelly. You're going to need uh, your TV going when you're at the game if you're betting this one because nah, this is the second. I'm not tip. getting involved here. I I really I've actually only played three games. Uh, two I played on Monday, one I played today. Uh, this is the lines are getting really, really tight towards yep. down the stretch here, right? Like the value is all in the round of 64 and 32. Oh, yeah. I was really happy that I finally got to hit a little three teamer for 19 to one. But outside of that, I don't think we're going to see um, much chaos, if you will. Like, sure, we're going to see some upsets probably here and there, but I don't think we'll see three in one day. I agree. 
It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and you brought up uh, line moves a little bit earlier in your analysis. There's a big line move out there, guys, for my big big game breakdown. San Diego State and Alabama. This game is on uh, Friday in Louisville, Kentucky. Happy hour special at 6.30. Um, and it opened 143 at one sports book out there. Got all the way down to 135. Talking about the total here. Alabama's minus 7.5 point favorites. It's jumped back up to 137.5 right now. 137 at other shops and I actually like it to the under guys we think Alabama we think up and down the court actually their last four of their last five games have gone to the under they for whatever reason it's come to tournament play they've slowed it down a little bit concentrating a little bit more on defense and now up against San Diego State slow possession game San Diego State guys has hit 10 straight to the under actually nine straight nine out of 10 to the under I know, actually, depending what closing numbers we're going off of, it is 10 straight to the under. So uh, I'm going to ride that trend. I think it's a slow playing game. And I actually think San Diego State might only get like 50, 55 points. So when you're trying to hit an over with one team only scoring that many points, hey, 137 and a half, uh, San Diego State, Alabama for my big game breakdown. I would look to bet that game under the total. Huge shout out to the chat box. Everybody joining us live YouTube, uh, Wager Talk YouTube channel here. And uh, again, we're brought to you by Viva Tequila Seltzer. Viva Tequila Seltzer, refreshing and drinkable hard seltzer. 88 calories, zero carbs, zero sugar, 4.5% ABV. Viva, the perfect drink for your sweet 16 celebrations. As we're going to be breaking down a couple more games here, but uh, CT, Trig, Kelly, I believe, uh, what, Viva is having a party up in the, yeah. the Northeast somewhere? We What's are going to be at uh, Texas, Arizona on Friday. Good. See, more planning right here. More planning. We knew K-State was going to play on Thursday and Saturday, so we're having the party on Friday. We're going to watch uh, all uh, four Sweet 16 games. I am going to either be the happiest person at the bar, probably the most miserable, maybe a little mixture of both, regardless of the outcome uh, and how many drinks I have the night before. Viva always throws an awesome party. I'm so excited. It's going to be there. It's going to be me, Trig, CT, Ariel, for sure. And then it sounds like quite a few K-State fans are coming. I'm hoping... Uh, we'll see if we can get them to take the path train from the city. Uh, it's going to be just awesome. I, I love these kind of events. And uh, this one, not having to go to New York City, makes it just a little bit more special. Like it. Okay. Uh, CT Trig, any thoughts here before we, I guess we get to, to best Well, I want to go back to your game. I want to go back to your game, Drew, that you just brought up because I am on a, on San Diego State. And it's not just because I have them drafted in my Calcutta. I'm actually happy that you really like the under. I was happy to see that move towards the under because it kind of does bode well for San Diego State. We, we know exactly what we're going to see here. Great defense, great offense. Something has to give. I, I didn't want to be the one to step in front of Alabama, but I stepped in front of them a couple other times this year for very good reasons. And one of those reasons was Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and look what happened. Those defenses really stepped up. They held Alabama's offense to 69, 59, and 61. I really think if San Diego State can hold this team under 70, they have a shot to win this one outright. Uh, I played them plus seven and a half on Tuesday, actually. But I wanted to hear everybody else's thoughts. Uh, I know Ralph really agreed with me on bet on it today, but I haven't really heard anything from Adam or CT regarding this game. I'll let CT go first, and then I'll... Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, I I think it's a tough uh, I think it's a tough draw for Bama. Um, you know, both these teams are in my top ten, right? So you usually don't see a matchup between two top tens in the dance this early. So, and I know that's only my top ten, um, but I think the the Aztecs really cannot afford to get off to a slow start here with Bama, and we we have seen that right all through the tournament. I mean, they could go five six minutes without scoring, and it's been very annoying because. I've been on them, you know, both games in the tournament, but they, they've come back to life and, you know, we've seen what they could do. They could turn it on. I, I don't think they could afford to do that versus Bama. I, I think they will get run out of the gym if they go cold for five to six minutes. I, I think that's going to be the key to the game here. And I think that San Diego state with the defense that they have, uh, they match up pretty well versus him. So first Bama. So I think that it's very possible. They're going to slow them down. Um, San Diego State uh, was very impressive versus their win in Furman, right? So unless we think that Virginia was a lot worse than than we thought, then San Diego State's 23-point win over Furman was really freaking pretty impressive. So I, I don't think that you're totally – it's totally out of the question for, for San Diego State to, to stay within the number here. I'm just not sure if I want to get to the window on them yet, and I have not bet them – bet this game either way like i said i bet only two games so far yeah and i'll just follow that up like there's this there's this misconception that alabama runs great offense like they really don't they have the number they're they're a high ranking offense because they score a lot but the they score a lot because they'll get hot or more importantly they rebound and get a ton of points off rebounds garbage you know just putting the ball back in beating their opponent down the floor, using that athleticism to score. That doesn't necessarily work against San Diego State. San Diego State is as good as there is in the country at not giving up second-chance points. And a lot of Alabama's scoring is second-chance points. Or another thing San Diego State's really good at, cutting off transition, getting back on defense, forcing a team to get into their offense. Alabama, how do they score? A lot of their points come off of beating their other team down the floor, making a play, getting to the rim. So if they can get now, Alabama can shoot it, right? Like they, they can shoot the three and they like to shoot the three, but that's where the only time Alabama ever really gets into trouble is shot selection because they their whole offense is get right to the rim or try to get an open three. And if you can like get them out of that a little bit, they get a little sloppy. Like they get a, they get a little discombobulated and... There's, there's, we've seen it happen. There's examples of it. And I got to shout Mark Zeno out here. He called me last night. We talked about this game for Wait, a minute. Wait, is that how you say and it? No, it's Zeno. Zeno. Well, I, whatever. I was like, have I, I literally was like, about. oh my God, I've been saying his last name wrong the whole time. Mark Zeno called, called me last night and he made a good point that's kind of interesting. And actually, I'm curious to see what your guys' reaction is. Um, Your guy's boy, Nick Saban, certainly not Drew Martin, Beth's boy. But, uh, you know, you college football guys specifically kind of made some comments that that Nate Oates thing was not handled particularly well. And it's making its rounds through the media again. And if you go back to when that all first started, and it was certainly a distraction. Alabama failed to cover like three or four games after that happened. So I thought that was an interesting point Mark made. Is that is is there a, is there enough distraction there right now? I don't know. But... Listen, San Diego State, like CT said, they if they go cold, they might get run out here. But they certainly have the 
the intangibles to keep this game close. Like sure. they're probably one of the few teams in this field right now that actually match up kind of good with Alabama. So yep. I'm still taking a look at it. Haven't bet it yet, but trying to get myself there. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of different ways to go with this one. I, I sidewise in, in, in my mind, Kelly, I mean, I don't know. Trig's point about like they dropped some game. It was also who they played, Trig. I mean, it was Arkansas. They played Auburn, South Carolina. They played South Carolina. Are, they, are we saying they didn't care about South Carolina? I mean, South Carolina took them in overtime as what? Yeah. 17 point underdogs or something ridiculous? They they played like Al- Ar- like South Carolina. I think like Arkansas. Arkansas, Auburn, Texas like, A&M. Yeah. Auburn. I mean, I, I, I mean, wouldn't penalize them too much for that. But since then, I mean, they've been on outside of that one like Hail Mary cover at the end from texas a&m corpus christi they've been on a on a tear ats but i do i i agree with it matchup wise i don't think like that gets into the locker room at all that i i almost feel like they're, they're kind of putting that behind them but matchup wise i like what you guys were talking about in terms of the teams that gave alabama trouble were the tennessees of the world were the arkansas of the world that that play better defense and san diego state does that so that's why I would like to bet San Diego State. And Trick, I thought you made a good point in why Alabama's offense is so efficient, you know, on that side. And, and it's really because they turn their opponents over. They almost play similar to Arkansas in a way. Yeah, Drew, you just made me think of something just when you brought up Auburn. Auburn should have beat Alabama, and they did a really good job on them in that game. Um, they got How back Auburn and they cut off Houston. What the fuck was right. that? Drew Martin? I can't but, talk but, about that. We can't talk. But hold on. <laughs> Auburn should have beat Alabama earlier this year. They were doing a great job of getting back in transition. They did like almost everything you needed to do. And they Auburn missed every shot the final like five minutes of the game. But oh they were God. right there. And and listen, San Diego State, they have the intangibles to to play with Bama. But it, it all comes back to what Chris said. They can they can be stagnant offensively at times. They turn to Bradley to to sort of do it all at times. And if if in Alabama, we, one thing we don't talk about enough is how good Alabama is defensively. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. They don't get enough credit on that side of the ball, in, that, in my opinion. And who knows if they really clamp down, they they could blow it open. That's my take on the game. It's it's cringing how how cold they they can go. It, it, no, it, they definitely can't. It, it really I mean, is. It's it's. It's... I bet against them, I think twice. I think I bet at UNR and at Boise State were the two times I bet against this team, and and that's exactly what happened. I mean, ugh. Like, I, but I do think not going cold, but really good defense bodes well for San Diego State. I mean, even Oklahoma is not anything to write home about, but they played a really great defensive game. It yeah, was just hurt. one of those spots where Oklahoma played at the right time and they stepped it up. You know, Alabama just didn't play their game. Maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they didn't care about the SEC Big 12 uh, uh, mid-conference tournament or whatever the hell that was. Uh, but it's very interesting. So uh, I want to talk about another one, though, because we have time before we get to best bets. And and it's kind of perplexing me. And I'm not going to get involved with this team because I've been really terrible with the Big East. Princeton catching 10. Do you look at some of the ticket splits? I am... I, I'm shocked. The most bet team so far this week is Princeton. Over 80% of the tickets at one book, 76 at another, 79 at another. And I try not to let the square dog thing get to me too yeah, much. Does that even matter? But it is very weird because this reminds me of St. Peter's 
I believe it was last year in the Sweet 16 when they upset, was it Kentucky in the Sweet 16? Or was that round of 32? Either way, the whole world was on St. Peter's because they're doing the exact same thing that Princeton did, just winning I think it was games Purdue. outright. Was it against it Purdue? Was, it, it went Kentucky, then they beat Murray State, then I think they beat Purdue, something like that. There might have been one more in, in between there, but it was yeah, one Yeah, because of those they, teams. they lost before the Elite Eight, right? Oh, that yeah, it was Purdue because then they lost to, to UNC. Okay, so Elite regardless, yes. I, I try not to buy into it too much, but it is very odd to see. In late March, the whole world jumping on an Ivy League team yep. uh, against a really can I, solid... Can I, tell you what, can I tell you what the issue with that is? Since yeah, I I'd love was to hear it. No, that's over... why I wanted okay. to ask you guys. I saw Abby's comment and, and, and Drew put it on the screen. I guess I'm just trying to figure out... I know this is a ton of points, but the line's moving in the other direction and all the bets are on Princeton. You know what to do. Listen, I've, I've been on Princeton for the last week. Right, I had them over Yale in their conference championship game. I had them against Arizona. I had them against Missouri. I lean Creighton here. The reason is it's just not the dream matchup for Princeton like the other two were. Um, I wanted to badly make a case for Princeton in their next game, but the in reality, the number probably should be closer to what the number was against Arizona. Right, And listen, Princeton came to play in that game. They, they went toe-to-toe on the glass with Arizona and really, like, shocked them. We Because if you go back to that game, Princeton didn't play particularly well. And Arizona let them hang around. They matched them on the glass. And they were able to really just grind out, a, a, like, it was like a 59-55 win. And then they got Missouri, which was just the dream matchup for them. It was the dream matchup. I told you guys I knew I, I loved Princeton to win that game. It was... Like, terrible rebounding team against Princeton, who's a great rebounding team. Missouri had so many deficiencies that was such a good matchup for Princeton. The problem here is that Creighton runs really good offense. C.T. Betts will tell you that after he watched that that Baylor-Creighton game where Creighton was just, I mean, the, the, their offense looked crisp. And, yeah, it's just not the, they're not going to have the massive rebounding edge, so... I, I I don't know if I want to, like, if I if it was like 13, 13 and a half, maybe, but it almost feels like you're paying too much of a premium for the for this run, this like Cinderella type run that they've been on. And Creighton, Creighton might have the uh, the right mixture to, to win that one pretty comfortably. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I could bet Creighton, but I, I just I, I it's what put me off of Princeton. Yeah, Trig, I agree with you. I, I, I lean Creighton and I, I probably will end up uh, getting to the window. Uh, I have a couple of things on them, and I just wanted to comment on Ari Gold's um, comments. He says, Princeton plus 11, buy a point. Ari, if you think you need to buy a point in, in college basketball, you, you're betting the wrong side, and you probably shouldn't be, betting, uh, you shouldn't be betting uh, hoops or probably anything, but that's just a little tidbit I wanted to throw out there. Um, I, I think you know it, it's very apparent. The Tigers, they've – found success right they've been playing uh the right way in the tournament and very hard but unfortunately uh for them the the blue jays they do both those things as well and they're much more talented and the tigers aren't going to win this game by just being uh motivated and fired up at the end of the day creighton is close to being elite on both ends of uh the floor and they're strong at every single position on the starting five yes i get it they only play six guys sometimes seven uh but i think they're going to be 
way too overwhelming and powerful for this Tigers team, not to mention um, Cal Brenner, the seven one, the big man. I think he's going to be a big time Prince uh, problem for Princeton. Not sure if anybody knows this, but the, the tallest guy uh, on the Tigers is six, nine and uh, Cal Brenner moves very, very well around for a big, for a seven footer. He can move, and, and he's going to give them a lot of problems. And uh, I'll just throw this in here and close it out. The Jays are 5-1 and one against the spread in the last six. They're hot right now. They're shooting the lights out. Just ask Baylor, uh, a team who could fill it up. And they ran them out of the gym. Eileen Creighton here, and I'll probably end up getting to the window. Ari just said he was going to tease them. I can't. Even better I idea. Ari, listen, Ari, Ari's, Ari's probably right about Creighton being overrated. Like, I don't think they're some amazing team, but – they match up really good with Princeton. And yeah, if a, their offense is as matchup. crisp as it was, if their offense is as crisp as it was against Baylor, Princeton's going to have a real hard time keeping that within 10 points. Just Okay, I'm going to say this. If I have my option on who K-State is going to play, let's just say K-State beats Michigan State, beats the winner of Tennessee FAU, which we should actually talk about that game as well uh, because I yeah. did play Tennessee. So let's just call it Tennessee. In the final four, if I have my option of who I want to see, I don't think it's Creighton. I'll be really, really honest with you. I don't know how I feel about this team because yeah. I haven't watched them enough, but I feel like they're so good on both sides of the ball. They are. They, they are knocked good. down the good yeah. shots that they need to take. I mean, I bet them versus Baylor. I got text them. Everybody knows I suck at the Big East, but I'm going to be really, really honest with you. Like, I don't want to play Alabama. I, I, I don't, don't think – yeah, I was going to say – I don't want to play Houston. There's just a few teams that I'm like, oh, I'd much rather play Tennessee or FAU, Texas again. Uh, Xavier, I'd rather play Xavier. There's something fishy about this Creighton team that they're, they're very sneaky good. And they've been kind of under the radar because everybody's talking about UConn. Everybody's talking about Marquette. Yeah. It's like they've just kind of flown underneath the radar in the Big East Conference because they went on that six-game losing streak back in December, and it was like, oh. And, and well, a lot of those – Cal, a lot of those games, CT's point, a lot of those guys were without that big boy down low, and that guy – I thought CT's breakdown was great. Uh, he He's a big-time player for him. He's a big-time problem for other teams too, Drew. A big-time problem. Yeah, and a lot he's of those Keith, losses were, were without – You're right, Drew. Very, yeah. Yep. Good point, Drew. I forgot about that. I, I mean, Creighton, I mean, they returned a ton from last year. Uh, they start six and six. Everybody kind of forgets them. And I've been saying this to Trig all year long, and he agreed with me. If this Creighton team gets in and, and wins a game or two, wow, watch out for them. They could get hot. And I, I was terrified on Sunday uh, versus Baylor. I, I mean, I knew it was a terrible matchup for them, and that's why I didn't bet it or, or give it out. But, man, I, I knew that there was a possibility that they could smoke them, and that's exactly what we saw. So, um, Princeton, good luck. I think the run's over. You think Creighton could win it all, CT? 10-1? to 1, Interest well, you at if all? They definitely could, Drew, because I mean, I'm they, pretty yeah. sure I don't, I, don't, I don't have the bracket in front of me, but who's there? They'll play the winner they're, of they're Bama. Bama, San Diego State. Right, and that's what I was kind of getting at was yeah. I don't really want to see Bama or Creighton I would much rather see a Princeton or a, S, a, you know, a San Diego State. I know that sounds kind of crazy from a matchup perspective, uh, just as a, a fan over here of, of a team that has the potential being, uh, you know, short favorites in the next sure. two games. Or I'm sorry, short underdogs in the next two games. I was looking at it going, oh, 
I definitely don't want to catch a pissed off Bama team after, you know, just barely getting by uh, Creighton or vice versa. Right. Right. There, there's, you know, I'll be honest with you. The East has been kind of not that bad. Uh, a, a Kentucky team that has been nothing to write home about this year. Uh, Marquette getting knocked out early. Purdue getting knocked out by a 16 seed. I mean, Duke getting beat by Tennessee. It's kind of all just like lining up there in the East, which tells me that I'm going to book a trip to Houston and just get demolished by Alabama like we did in the freaking bowl game or Creighton. And then I'm just going to be crying in a Houston hotel room by myself, like just setting me up for failure. I can feel it. I can feel it brewing. We should talk about that. Uh, hit that Tennessee, Florida, Atlanta game quick. Ah, before, nobody's talking about it. We haven't, I haven't ta- I've done six shows today, you guys, and not one time have we spent more than two minutes on this this game. Yeah, I agree. You you said you you bet uh, Tennessee, Cal. Yeah, so um, I did, and I'm I'm okay with saying this now because the line's long gone. Dave Koken uh, sent out Tennessee minus four on Sunday night. I respect Dave a ton, so I laid the four. But then all of a sudden today, I'm going, okay, if it hits six, do I want to come back with FAU? I don't know if the uh, the data or the trends and angles are strong enough for me to, but Tennessee played their asses off against Duke, right? But what did we see the game before that? I was not impressed with Tennessee. If you guys remember versus ULL, they were up double digits and I'm watching the game in bed. I had no action, did not care. They were, uh, I believe, 10 point favorites there. And they let ULL back in. They didn't hit a free throw. They didn't hit a bucket. They got cold. Then they had the reverse type game, and that's why I bet them versus Duke. I said, all right, here's the spot to come back with Tennessee now. I kind of have to wonder if, you know, playing a team named FAU is similar to playing a team named ULL. I just mentioned that Big 12 SEC uh, mid-conference play, and you can tell certain teams just did not care. They just didn't care, and they got boat raced. There's a, an arrogance level in the SEC, and I think them being able to beat up on Duke, Tennessee might be feeling themselves, and I wonder if it gets much higher if I might try to go for a middle and it lands on five or come back on FAU. I mean, these under these, these underdogs have just been playing great, and uh, you know, Ralph and his son both had some really great data that they shared with me about that. I did lay the points, but I'm a little hesitant. And sometimes uh, you can buy off and potentially hit both sides. I may do so. I have an opinion on on this one. I'll throw it out there. So I think if you're playing Tennessee, it's be, you're just you're just going at it with the fact that like you're saying, okay, I just think the pedigree of Tennessee is so much higher than FAU that like I'm just expecting like that to win out in the end. Because if you're if you're trying to play like if you're talking about matchups, I don't think that this is necessarily a great matchup for for Tennessee. And I guess I'll I'll take that one step further. It's really not a horrible matchup for Florida Atlantic because Florida Atlantic tends to struggle against a, a really a elite big man. Tennessee doesn't really have that. Uh, Florida Atlantic's got five or six guys that are all really good and can be kind of the guy in any given day. So. Tennessee's not going to be able to just key in on one guy or two guys. Florida Atlantic has about five or six that are all pretty legitimate scorers uh, that could all like kind of take over a game. And they're they're veteran, right? Like they're experienced. They've played together for a long time. They've only lost three games all season. And, you know, one of those was way back in November. Um, so, I I mean, they're a good rebound. They're, they're a top 15 rebounding team. 
Um, that's going to negate what Tennessee, like, you know, Tennessee's not necessarily going to be able to just clean up the glass here. Obviously, Ziegler's out. So unless you get another, uh, I just rewatched the video from Saturday of CT after the Tennessee game when he cut his promo into the wager talk camera, which you'll probably see on social media a little bit later. He told, he told Viscovi, he gave him the green light. Well, <laughs> if, if Viscovi doesn't, is not just banging every shot, this game could be kind of close here. So I, I don't know that it's just a given that Tennessee like wins this game. I don't think it's a horrible matchup for FAU. I haven't bet it yet. I'll be looking at it though over the next you know 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, I've got uh, up until after the K-State game, if I want to buy off of it and, it also depends. Part of me, like, I'm like, okay, if K-State wins, do you go out and celebrate? Or do you watch your the next game and see who your opponent for the next game is going to be? You know? I don't know. Well, we're going to play it by ear, Ariel Epstein tonight. We're going to be at American Whiskey from 3 to 6 tomorrow, right next to MSG. Uh, our agent has a good friend that owns it, and he said, go, make it the K-State bar. And it's just a short walk, which means I'm not going to get shanked, which is perfect. Okay. Oh, I, Kelly, if I, if I, or CT, you want to break this one down? I was just going to say, uh, hopping real quick here. Shout out to two guys on a parlay listening to my sports map radio show. Yes, he is correct. Kenny White does like FAU. Um, and I think this one just, I haven't, I don't really have a lean, right, Drew? I, I think if the Owls are going to win this game and, and make it competitive, they're going to need to hit some threes, which they do very, very well, right? But I think that. That's going to be tough, right? I mean, the the def the elite defense uh, the, on the perimeter from Tennessee is very very tough. I think it's going to be a tough task. Tennessee is allowing opponents to shoot just twenty six and a half percent from deep. That's the lowest mark in college uh, in college basketball. And Trigg's right. I did give Vescovy the green light versus Duke. That was a great game. We had uh, we had Tennessee huge in that one. I do think it's going to be a lot easier for Vescovy to get loose and get free versus Florida Atlantic than it was for him to get loose and get free for the, from the Duke bigs. I think that could be a problem for Florida Atlantic. If Vescovy's knocking down those shots, man, uh, they, they might be in some trouble and Tennessee's playing the defense that we've seen for probably three quarters of the year. The, the owls could be in for a long night. Um, but the Owls are a very well-balanced team. So I, I don't know what to think of this one. Uh, haven't decided on anything. So just because you've spoken to Kenny, and I only asked Kenny about K-State scenarios just for my own mental well-being, <laughs> and if I wanted to hedge out of uh, a couple of the futures bets that I have with one of my girlfriends, what did he make FAU? Did he make the game four? or? Yeah, he made. I, I think he made it three and a half or four. Okay. Actually, you And know that what? kind of also tells me that, Hey, listen, I, I got a great number. I've got a no, nice CLD trophy. Three. He made it three. Did I have it three? right in front of me. Okay, I wondered. Yeah. I thought I had seen that earlier in the week, but I, I wanted to just double check. Yeah, Kenny made the game Tennessee minus three. I mean, Ari Gold asked who FAU played this season. They actually, the, the Conference USA was was not bad. I mean, they have a non-conference win over Florida. Uh, they played Ole Miss way back in November and lost. Uh, but the, the man, Conference USA's got some good basketball teams. a nice teams. win U over uh, Jelly and UAB as well. UAB yeah. is a very good basketball team. North Texas is really good. Um, they win their conference tournament. They beat Memphis in the first round. It's a you know I I get it. Like it's not you know they don't have like just this absurd resume. But for the most part, when they had a big test in conference, they won. Uh, late in the season, they dropped a couple on the road, at, which is like kind of standard it pretty much happened so 
that I, I don't know that they haven't played anyone. It's just it, Tennessee. Okay, real it, quick, I want to say this. Yeah, Brandon Cook, Florida and Ole Miss. Stop it. Well, guess who lost to Florida? I don't like to do this type of lazy handicap because yeah, A plus B doesn't yeah. equal C. But Tennessee lost to that Florida team. And it's listen, that, that's back in November. Florida still had Castleton. They were 1st. still a decent they team. They lost February first. Oh, you're talking about when they beat Florida? Yes. I, I'm talking about when F when F Florida I Atlantic Florida. beat Florida. Yeah. They beat a much better Florida team than we saw toward the end of the season. Yep. So it, it's oh, it's all relative. Florida Atlantic's a good team. I agree with you, Trey. Yeah. They, they are very good on both sides of the ball, and they're they're well balanced. They have a bunch of shooters even outside of Davis. So, yeah, and they're, they're five or six guys are the better score. shooting team. Um, and speaking of losing games late in the season on the road, check out Tennessee. They they can't win outside of Knoxville. I they, they've been a terrible bet, not at home. Um, I personally feel. I know you said something about like little little bit of cockiness in the SEC. It just means more. I think Tennessee is overrated. I really do. I'm looking to bet against them. I think FAU's well, side. I think they win Drew, outright. I'd bet a money line. Drew, look at their, like, Tennessee's offensive numbers, like, uh, th- that could that could crop up and hit you at any time, right? Oh, like, yeah. Look at the way the first game went. They had an 18-point lead against a terrible Lafayette, like, Louisiana Lafayette team. That's not a good basketball team, in my opinion. They should have killed them, but they managed to go how many ever many minutes without scoring. All of a sudden, it's a three-point game. Certainly yeah, can happen was, here. That was one of the worst collapses outside of uh, Auburn, Houston, I saw all year. Uh, you got to give, you know, I, I, I got to give. Sorry, Drew. I had to yeah, say we're not more. talking about that one. With the lid on the <laughs> rim, I mean, that, that was terrible. Greg, I think we you got to give Rick Barnes a little bit of credit, especially with, like, his history in March, right? And that I thought this team, I have a 40-to-1 ticket on Tennessee in my pocket. I yeah, thought the team was done when Z, yeah, Trig and I both do, uh, when, when Ziegler went down. And now – Wow, uh, we're in the sweet. They're in the sweet sixteen. Wasn't expecting it. Um, so I don't know. We didn't talk about the Rick Barnes factor here. Uh, is he is he just done here after he finally gets uh, a team two wins in in March? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Florida Atlantic win the game. Trig, I know you have a five percent play up. Uh, you gave out your four percent play for free on bet on it. And I can't remember which is which. So can you talk about um, the one you gave up for free on yeah. that on it instead of we got Texas Xavier? People asking about Texas Xavier. So why don't why don't we CLA? Yeah, listen, like so my my four percent play that I gave up for free. I bet it. Bet on, I'm pretty sure that's CT's best bet. So I'll let him go first, and then I'll just randomly I'll take either of those games. Like I, I could talk Texas Xavier, Oregon Zaggy, UCLA. So I don't know if, if someone's got opinion on one or the other. I already gave you guys but... my my three bets. I'm on K State, Tennessee, uh, and Sal. Uh, excuse me, San Diego State. So far, I've got a couple of opinions that I haven't got to the window with yet. But I'm done for the show. I'm just gonna sit back and I'll relax. give you, you guys. I'll give a I'll give a co best. I'll give two best bets to knock out those games because I have opinions there, and then I'll throw it to see because someone asked about Miami Houston. I know CT CT is gonna talk about that. Um, so I will start, let's start with Gonzaga UCLA. I can go real quick there. Um, I like UCLA. I do think you need to know what the injuries situation is. Uh, obviously, you know, Jalen Clark is done for the year. His minutes are probably going to be like Bona and, uh, Amari Bailey can fill in for him. But man, I would be concerned if, if, um, uh, David Singleton who rolled his ankle in that Northwest game was out that might be tough for them to overcome not having Clark and then one of their guys that, that really stretches the floor. That being said, I, I really like that matchup for UCLA. Gonzaga 
76th in total defense. Not great. I think it's getting billed as like, oh, a great offense versus a great defense. Yeah, maybe that's the case. But you also got a really good UCLA offense that has Jaime Jaquez and a really good point guard in Tiger Campbell that doesn't turn the ball over against a Gonzaga defense that's been, you know, I mean, there's been West Coast Conference teams scoring on Gonzaga all year. I don't see why an experienced UCLA team that has options wouldn't be able to score. So I lean UCLA there. Uh, as far as Xavier in Texas is concerned, um, uh, I like Texas in that spot. I think I just think it's a great matchup for them. I think I think Xavier is a little bit fortunate to be here. They got to play Pitt after Pitt played. It, it was Pitt's third game in six days, um, and and Pitt's not a great defensive team. Xavier was able to dice them up, run really good offense. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Texas. Texas has is insane athletes on the defensive side of the ball. I think Rodney Terry finally figured out the rotation for this team. That's not talked about enough as much, in my opinion. Texas faced some real adversity earlier this year, losing Chris Beard. Rodney Terry had to come in, kind of figure out how to rally that team, and he did. And now, like, this version of Texas, their rotation, is as optimal as it's been, in my opinion. Dylan Disu is playing about 10 minutes a game more. I think that's huge. CT and I, 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 I don't know. I'll see if he agrees with me. I think Dylan Disu is the best player on that team in terms of what he brings on both ends of the floor. He best had a great court. He's going to be the best, best player on the court. court. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he took over in the Penn State game, 28 points. And you know what? They got punched in the mouth by Penn State. The Nittany Lions had a lead in that game, five minutes to go, and they responded. They didn't give up a point for four minutes. That's all I needed to see from Texas. I really think, like, Texas handled a tricky Colgate team. That's a team that spreads the floor, shoots a lot of threes. They defended the perimeter there. Xavier plays six guys, and I'll tell you guys right now, this is probably where Zach Fremantle not being there shows up for Xavier because they they like um, Xavier likes to go inside. Texas is not going to let them get in the post, and Fremantle was a guy that was giving them eight rebounds a game, 15 points, shoots almost 60% from the field. Um, they've been able to get by without him, but I think they finally really miss him and, and struggle, so I like Texas. Okay, so latest updated injury, uh, Singleton and Bona both probable for Thursday. Oh, yeah, they're both probably going to give it a go. I, I think that's for sure, and, and that's why I lead towards it. 16. Yeah, and, and I, so I, so just to summarize, if I were to give you two bets, bets, UCLA, Texas, those would be, I, I think those are the right side of both those games. Okay, best bet going at 7 o'clock Eastern here, 4 o'clock Pacific, UAB. Put them out last night, plus one. Uh, looks like they're now minus one, minus one and a half. But it kind of correlates with what we were talking about, guys. FAU and Conference USA, I think, is underrated. UAB was a really good team. Blazers near the pick'em price tonight. Um, updated here, looking at the Wager Talk Live odd screen. Minus one in the hook across the board. So that will be my best bet, UAB. Bunch of questions down the, down the list. Utah Valley tonight, guys asking about that. Um, so that's the other NIT game versus Cincinnati. Look, guys, Utah Valley is what eight and two their last ten. We I talked about it before on the show. I mean, the 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 WAC conference overall is underrated. You look at Southern Utah and what they did. It would be Utah Valley or pass. Cincinnati's kind of an undisciplined team as well. Um, so those are the two NIT games tonight. But for my best bet, I would go UAB minus one in the hook. So CT bets. What do we got for closing thoughts, man? Uh, Drew, closing thoughts is join us uh, this Friday in Hoboken, Texas, Arizona. Myself, 
Trig, Kelly, Ariel will be there. We'll buy you some Vivas, smash the games with us. Drew, this is one game that we haven't talked about, and this is my best bet. I told uh, Trig and Kelly this uh, on Monday. I love this game. This is a 5% max bet for me, Drew, and I'm going <laughs> to pull a Trig, okay? I'm going to be a, long, a little long-winded here because I'm going to break this game down for you, okay? As everybody knows, I've been saying the Cougs are the most complete and efficient team in all the land all year long. They're a top 10 team when it comes to both offensive and defensive efficiency, and they're the only team in the nation that can say that. They have one of the best backcourts in the country. All three of them are loaded with talent. They play three guards, right? Mark, Sasser, Shed. Not to mention the freshman, Walker. He's probably going to be a top 10 lottery pick in the draft next year. This is going to be a really, really intriguing matchup because both teams, well, Drew, as you know, they have very different styles of play. Houston, very well-oiled machine, ninth in the nation in an adjusted offensive efficiency, fourth in adjusted defensive efficiency. This team is just coached to absolute perfection by Calvin Sampson. Absolute perfection. I've always been a huge Sampson guy. He's got this group that rarely, rarely makes mistakes. They play very unselfish hoop, right? So then on the other side of the wall here, Miami, outstanding offensively. They have been. With the Hurricanes, they're 12th in the nation in uh, adjusted offense. But this Miami's team, uh, the, the, off, the defense is a little less organized, right? They're not a good defensive team. And that's going to mean problems for the Canes. If the if the Canes are going to win this game, they're going to need to get a huge game uh, from their guards, right? With Wong, Pack, and uh, uh, Miller, I believe. And that's not totally out of the question, but here's the problem. The Cougs are loaded with great one-on-one defenders. That's going to be a big, big problem for the Canes, right? Sasser, we know. He's definitely not 100%. He looked pretty good against Auburn, putting up 22 points there. Looked pretty good in the second half when the Cougs back were against the wall and they need it, right? I think the day's off. They're going to help him, but groins, they're a tricky, weird injury, right? Sasser, he's going to be out there. He's the best guard left in the tourney. And Drew, remember this. This is going to be the best thing I ever, ever told you. Samson can drag a dying horse on his back to water and nurse him back to health. The Cougs pull away and they cover this number. Houston, Best bet for CT. It's going to be my biggest bet so far of the tournament. They run him out of the gym, Drew. Run him out of the gym. He CT bets Adam Trigger, Kelly Wait, Stewart, Andrew question. Martin. That is he... the way we're going to end no, the show. I don't want to end the show. I, have, I have a rebuttal. Do you think he's the coach of the year? Uh, yeah. When they get to the finals, uh, like I know they're going to, yes. Yeah, I do too. Yep. You think he's also, the best coach of the year over Jerome Tang? Yeah, because I don't have Tang going to the final four of the finals, unfortunately. Well, I didn't either. So yeah, uh, it's a pretty you could make a pretty good year. You can make a really good argument for Tang based on like what Kansas State was supposed to be and where he got them. Like we all knew Houston was gonna be really, really good. C T and I knew Houston was gonna be this good back in one more one more thing Kel. so that houston was the four percent play uh, that i gave out for free i bet on it and come to texas arizona and watch that game with me and ct because if it like ct's probably going to kill me if they lose like because i'm just going to be collateral damage there because i'm standing next to him so hopefully we we get that one home together in person in new in in hoboken on friday night because i think that's the game that's on Early on Friday. Or Biggest earlier. loss. Ready for this? Prominent offshore book. I just saw this tweet. Biggest loss in the futures market. Any guesses? 
Drew follows him, so don't say it, Drew, if you don't. Well, it would have been Kansas, but they won that. Probably so Houston. who's the biggest? Texas. Texas. Yeah, I can see biggest that. Biggest liability. Biggest UConn liability, is yeah. second. UCLA is third. I am very shocked to see Texas uh, to be their biggest liability in the futures market. Well, yeah, because no one wanted to. Like, Houston was never really a price. Like, CT and no, I took Houston. No, they were Houston. like 4-1. Well, he's CT and I took Houston twelve to one before the season. We're like, we're actually getting like an amazing number here, and yeah, because you really haven't been able to get that the rest of the way. Biggest so, win for them: Florida sense. Atlantic, San Diego State, Michigan State. That's not good for KIV. Ugh. <laughs> All, All right, Drew. That was a good. Uh, hey, enjoy this weekend, and uh, yeah, cash those tickets. We'll be back for uh, Final Four. And uh, for CT Bets, Adam Trigger, Kelly Stewart, I'm Drew Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Smash that like button. Feel free to uh, reply below. Viva Tequilaseltzer.com. Hustle 20 at checkout. Check out uh, wagertalk.com. Free plays up and uh, the live odd screen, guys. Uh, we'll be back for Final Four. Thanks for tuning in.